Welcome back to Casual Commentary, an unscripted discussion amongst friends about films and TV shows. I'm Brayden. I'm Devin. And I'm Sharik. Set five years after the events of Avengers Infinity War, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness finds its titular character, Stephen Strange, struggling with the realities of his life post-Blip. Having lost the title of Sorcerer Supreme and finding his former love, Christine Palmer, married to another, Strange is asked the question, are you happy? Before he can reflect on it, however, Strange is called into action when America Chavez, a young woman capable of traveling the multiverse, appears in New York being chased by a demon-esque monster. Strange and Wong defeat the monster and discover that Chavez worked with a now-deceased version of Strange from a different universe before arriving in New York. Unsure of how to protect Chavez, Strange seeks the help of Wanda Maximoff, who reveals that she has fully embraced the mantle of the Scarlet Witch and was the one who sent the demon after America. Wanda informs Strange that she will do whatever it takes to find Chavez and kill her so that Wanda can absorb her power and travel to other universes where her twin sons still exist. Strange and the Sorcerers at Comertage attempt to stop Wanda, but are ultimately outdone by the Scarlet Witch. Before Wanda has a chance to absorb her power, America and Strange travel through the multiverse to Earth-838, where they encounter the Illuminati, a group of elite superheroes consisting of Mr. Fantastic, Captain Monica Rambeau, Captain Carter, Black Bolt, and Charles Xavier. The Illuminati explain that their version of Doctor Strange utilized the Darkhold, a book of powerful dark magic, to find the Book of Vishanti, which allowed the Illuminati to defeat their version of Thanos. However, in the process of using the Darkhold, Strange caused an incursion, which destroyed an entire universe, resulting in the Illuminati killing him to prevent further destruction. It is revealed that Wanda possesses the Darkhold and is using it to pursue Strange in America by dreamwalking, assuming the consciousness of yourself in another universe. The Illuminati attempt to stop Wanda, who dispatches them with ease, while Strange and America escape to the Gap Junction, the location of the Book of Vishanti, in an effort to stop the Scarlet Witch. Before they are able to use it, however, Wanda destroys it, sends Strange to another universe, and takes America back to our reality in order to drain her powers. Stranded in this universe, Strange seeks out the Sanctum Sanctorum in order to find this universe's version of himself. Upon finding him, however, Strange realizes that this version of himself also fell prey to the Darkhold and must be stopped. After a reality-bending fight between the two, our universe's Strange emerges victorious and decides to use the Darkhold to dreamwalk into the corpse of the Strange who helped Chavez, which is now buried at Comertage on our Earth. Summoning the power of the Darkhold, Strange confronts Wanda, buying America enough time to focus her powers to transport Wanda to Earth-838 long enough for her children to see her. Rather than embrace her, the twins recoil in fear at the monster their mother has become. Faced with the reality of her actions, Wanda agrees to destroy every version of the Darkhold across the multiverse, an act which collapses the mountain around her, leading to her death. America brings Strange back to our Earth, where he begins to rebuild and accept his lot in life, after seeing the way his obsession with changing reality has impacted other universes. All right, so a lot happens in this movie, guys. Um, do you guys want to dig in and uh, discuss your ratings of how you thought the movie was? Sure, I'll, I'll take the bait there. Um, I'm a little bit torn. I think had they released this in October on Halloween, this would have been an instant hit and almost like a cult-like following. Um, with its late summer release, I think... I expected a little bit more from Marvel and Disney in terms of a blockbuster. Um, overall, I was very happy. I understand that you have to keep things fresh. You can't have the same good guy versus bad guy. 
um, without at least something in there to to twist it up and keep audiences engaged without calling it the same formula. Um, I, I was happy overall. I think there were a few misses. I think they definitely didn't spend enough time on character development, uh, especially with Justine and especially America, who I think was criminally underutilized, considering that their character is the one that ended up being the true hero of the whole movie. So I'm at a 6.5 out of 10. Okay, so I'll kind of echo that because I feel like I was expecting a lot from this movie, considering that I feel like the rest of Phase 4 kind of launches off of this movie and the the impact and, and the result of, of what happened. Um, kind of like Shark, I'm going to give it a 6.5. I feel like I left the theater really disappointed. Um, but I feel like there's a lot to why that is, and I, I feel like we'll get into that. But 6.5 for me, it was a disappointment. Um, and I feel like a lot rided on it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll add a few other things to that. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed actually quite a bit the first half of the movie. I thought was um, it was kind of fresh. The pace was really quick. Um, it kind of felt like it carried the momentum a little bit of uh, No Way Home, uh, where it kind of hit the ground running and kept moving, moving, moving. Uh, and then we hit this point maybe a third, maybe a little bit more through, where we just came to a halt and it just became an exposition dump for 20 minutes. And, and sadly, that kind of became emblematic of the rest of the film. Um, we got a lot of really cool moments that were dragged down by what just seemed uh, loads of exposition and um, you know just baggage that weighed it down. Um, I liked the direction. I thought that the camera work was a lot better than other MCU movies we've had of late. Um, but, you know, I'll echo what you said about character development kind of standing by the wayside and, and just a little disjointed. Um, so I'll probably give it a seven. Uh, I think I liked it a little bit more than you guys. It was still underwhelming because I was very excited for Sam Raimi's return to the big screen and especially to a Marvel movie. And I think that made me expect more out of it. Um, but I did enjoy it. I thought there were memorable things. I thought there was great action. And uh, I thought that the music in particular was pretty on point for this one. So, seven out of ten. So you're giving it a, a seven. Okay, so then kind of uh, piggybacking off of what you said about Sam Raimi, this was kind of, if you remember when they announced the film years ago, um, and they announced that Sam Raimi was going to return and, and direct this movie and Helmet, they marketed it as more of a horror film. And I'm curious to know y'all's thoughts. Did, did you think this felt like a horror film? It was as horror film as Hocus Pocus. Right, yeah. I, I don't I, think it was horror by any means. I think you saw the fingerprint of someone who could make a good horror movie held back by a 10-year-old audience or a 5-year-old audience. I thought the camera work on some of the very mild body horror, but there were scenes of Wanda being very contorted and twisted, and the way that the lighting and the music and the camera work worked together, you could tell uh, they could have made it really effectively a horror movie, but I feel like it was it was held back by kind of the age range they wanted to appeal to. We say that. We, we say that, but I would say the most horrifying scene was when Wanda went full Omni-Man, for those of y'all <laughs> that have watched Invincible, um, she goes full Omni-Man on Earth 838's version of the Avengers. Uh, that didn't seem like they were constricted by an age, age gap or age group, sorry. 
Yeah, and and I think I think you know Sam Raimi's type of directing in in horror happens to fall into campy, which means that he's able to cut away and almost wink at the gore without showing it, uh, and, and it works pretty well, right? To stay within that PG thirteen. I mean, it's implied that like Captain Carter gets cut in half. We never see it, <laughs> but the way that the camera work goes, it's like, haha, you know what's happening, but we're not going to show it. And I think that kind of campy element maybe isn't scary but it pulls it off where it doesn't feel cheap. It feels almost entertaining instead of annoying, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I think I think the, the point here is that, like you said, Devin, there's like these glimpses or these hints at these more uh, moments of the film that feel kind of like they fit into that horror genre, but it just didn't pair well with the rest of the movie, in my opinion. Like, there wasn't much... Um, it just didn't feel right. Like they didn't match together or mesh together very well. Yeah, I think there's a lot about this movie that we don't know. Uh, we know that there were extensive reshoots maybe a few months before release, I feel like is the timeline there. We don't know what all got replaced, but the Illuminati was supposedly all new. Like that whole that whole sequence of them being there uh, was rumored to be part of the reshoots. Really? And so it's entirely possible that they tested a more horror focused film with audiences and it just didn't test as well and then they went back and they reshot hmm yeah that's interesting i I think i remember hearing that they were they were doing those reshoots when uh no way home hit theaters Mm -hmm. yeah i guess a question then would be we all agree like it could have been a horror movie it wasn't really it got deterred or just kind of refocused do y'all think that a horror movie could work within the mcu and if so, can you think of a villain that we've seen, uh, obviously other than Scarlet Witch here, uh, who might fit into that kind of a, a horror-themed role? We got we got teases of it with Ultron. Uh, I feel like that was another instance where they kind of teased that he was going to be a more serious villain. Um, but I'm curious, do you all think that that could work within the MCU that we've established? That's a tough question. Um, I think Marvel can do whatever they want to. Um, and I mean, I look back to something a little bit pre-Marvel game that writes back to X-Men, but I look at Wolverine as a film that just shows how much range you can give a superhero movie without it being a superhero movie. But I think that's the difference. Wolverine committed to it not really being a superhero film. And I think Marvel would have to take the same step. And I think they're just too bound to this formula that succeeded them for four phases now. Uh, so I, I don't think it would work. And I can't really think of a villain that could do it well. Um, in Spider-Man, maybe Mysterio, but they already played that card out um, just because like his ability to like, create like like that fiction and really creep into people's mindsets. But I'm not convinced it's doable. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're getting there. If you look at the progression of the MCU films they've definitely been on a path of getting more serious, more darker. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see them pull off of, of like a full-fledged horror film. As far as the villain, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Mysterio is a, a good choice, but like you said, Shark, they've already, they've already done that. And the vibe was very interesting too, that they, they chose to, to have, um, uh, Beck play. I think that's his name, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it loved it. It wasn't very serious. It, it was great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, I wonder if um, 
you know, and, and Thor's coming out right now as we're recording this, and uh, Gore, the God Butcher, seems like a really interesting character, and so it'd be interesting to kind of see how they, um, how they use that character. Could he be, you know, something that they use to to use in a horror film? I mean, they've already made the movie, but you know what I mean. Like, they definitely need that more serious, grounded character in order for it to yeah. work. And this yeah, is- it feels. Oh, good. Oh, please. I was going to say, it feels like the way that Marvel's approaching things is when they go to the big screen, they're going to play it formulaic and they're going to have the witty undercutting and they're going to have, you know, the last, you know, act have a big fight and all this kind of stuff. And then Disney Plus kind of acts as their playground to be different. Um, we had WandaVision, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit because that pertains to this movie quite a bit, that started out as a sitcom and then kind of grew into a psychological show. Uh, we had Loki, which was very much a sci-fi, time travel, uh, different thing, right? The idea of a superhero existing in a movie or a show that's not quite a traditional superhero show or movie seems to be what Disney Plus is playtesting. Um, and I wonder if they could explore that more over there, right? We had Hawkeye that was kind of like a Christmas show. Um, but so far on the big screen, it seems like the formula is very tried and true for them um so i'm interested to see how they shake it up moving forward yeah well now that they have the rights to daredevil it'd be interesting to see you know how they extend that uh in an mcu world um are they going to bring it to the big screen are they going to do this disney plus show the netflix series was very dark and so would they kind of continue that on disney plus or are they going to kind of do a soft reboot and keep the same actors but change the vibe of it I don't know. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see. Um, So looking back at the movie, just a couple of like teasers that maybe we didn't catch. That very first monster that was chasing America, it's actually uh, from the Marvel vs. Capcom series. Um, Shuma Gorath, I think, was was its name. But that was interesting that they took what is a key villain in Marvel and then just kind of killed him in the first 20 minutes, um, at least in the comics. And then also the uh, Minotaur that's at Kamartage, uh, also a key character in the comics, but just no background. I thought that was kind of funky, but it was a good shout out to the folks that are pretty involved with the comic scene. Um, so I thought that was like a good Easter egg. Anything that y'all noticed about the film that you were like, all right, Marvel, like like obviously there's uh, – the, the Professor X thing, who just can't stop dying in Marvel films, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, going back to that, like, that first monster we saw, the eye monster, the eyeball. Yep. I read that they actually scanned uh, Elizabeth Olsen's eye and modeled it after oh. her to kind of foreshadow that she was the one. I mean, nobody would know, right? <laughs> but You'd still, hope. the attention to detail there is pretty cool. No, and I think I think Marvel has a really fun way of making these nods while also letting us know just how far they're willing to stray into the comics and lore in a serious way versus just kind of that kind of cameo, you know? And the other reality is this is from a different universe, so they have the freedom to bring that character back if they feel like it could fit their narrative eventually. Um, But as far as other Easter eggs, I couldn't find any Marvel ones specifically. Um, I will say that... um, I forget the actor's name, but he's in every Sam Raimi movie. And in this one, he played the uh, vendor of the, the pizza balls. Um, he was in the Spider-Man movies and the Evil Dead movies. Yep. Uh, but he did get to make a cameo there. Uh, so that was a pretty fun nod to him. 
Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he had a little funny scene there. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to talk about kind of one of my main gripes about the movie, and that would be uh, the villain. Um, now, Wanda turned out to be the main bad in the movie. Um, I really didn't watch too many trailers, mainly because I didn't want to have anything spoiled. Um, I knew that Phase 4 kind of uh, launched after this movie, and I didn't want to try and put anything together. I didn't know who the bad guy would be. I knew Wanda was in it. We kind of had that teased. Um, but to me, it just didn't really seem like it works too well. Like, after the events of WandaVision, yeah, she was kind of um, messed up in the show, but she kind of ended it on seemingly good terms. And then all of a sudden, bam, she's, like, lost her mind in this film. Um, it just didn't really seem like it jived too well. Yeah. What did you guys think about her as the villain? Uh, so first thing, the the illusion I see is season seven and season eight of Game of Thrones and what they did with Daenerys. It's just they just let the plot fall through. And I don't know if that was Marvel realizing that they made like a bad decision or if they were just out of content and just wanted to end the film without introducing anything substantially new. Uh, but I was very frustrated that they made a, a whole TV series about it and then just pretended like it never really happened yeah and i mean i think we've we've grown to uh to love wanda from these films and i think about the comparison between you know in captain america we saw bucky in the first film and then the impacts that it had to see bucky kind of as the bad guy in cap 2 uh there was much more impact there than i think seeing wanda as the villain here something just didn't mesh well and i i don't know how they could have done it better. But I was kind of more frustrated, like you said, Sharik, that she turned out to be the villain rather than um, like heartbroken or uh, or even intrigued, honestly. Yeah, and I think this is where maybe the plot of the movie fell victim to the pacing of the movie and the overall length, where our only introduction to Wanda's motivation in the film comes in a... 30 second dream sequence where she's playing with her kids in Westview, uh, apparently, and she's having a great time. And then she wakes up and she's alone, right? It was a good visual. I thought from the filmmaking perspective, it worked. But as our only real introduction to the character in this movie, it didn't really establish a mood for her. Was it just a dream for her? Was it a memory of what happened in Westview when the hex was there? Um, was she sad? Was she angry? Was she despaired? We don't really know, right? Um, and it kind of feels like a missed opportunity because they jump straight from there to uh, where she confronts Strange and basically turns full evil and says, I'm going to kill America to get her powers. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, I think all of us here have watched WandaVision prior to watching this movie, but imagine going into this movie and only watching the MCU movies What's your bearing on this, right? Yeah. Uh, we saw her in Endgame briefly, and we saw that she was angry at Thanos for killing Vision. But as far as anyone knows, that's the last time we saw Wanda. Um, do you feel like they did a good enough job of introducing her motivations? Uh, you, like, if you haven't seen the show, uh, and even if you have seen the show, do you feel like uh, it was handled well? I have comments. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, go ahead, because no, I think I've already kind of alluded that I, I don't. Yeah, I, well, I think I didn't like it at all. Honestly, yeah, I definitely didn't like it. I think the only thing that we are ignoring, and that's because the movie explained it for about ten seconds, is oh, she got caught up with the Darkhold, and the Darkhold corrupted her. Yada yada yada. But you're telling me Scarlet Witch, supposed to be the biggest baddie in, debatably in the MCU, uh, and she just got like overtaken by a book that she knew was evil in the first place. Um, but that was really the only justification that gave us the Darkhold got her. It's like, well, okay, cool. And I, I think just the whole concept of the books was a little bit, it, it wasn't really spaced well because you had like the whole concept of like, the Vishanti and then Vishanti was destroyed in like five minutes of screen time. Um, but they didn't really explain Darkhold and what it did to Wanda, kind of what you said, right? Like, sure, fine, Darkhold did it, but what? What was it? What did it do? Yeah, and, and from a from a story perspective, it takes away some of the conflict because the question is, does Wanda want to kill these people? Does Wanda want to do the things that she's doing? Or is she being manipulated? Should I root for Wanda and hope that she gets better? Should I root against her as a villain and hope that they beat her? Like We just don't have a bearing on what her motivation or what truly Wanda underneath it all. What does Wanda want, you know? And I feel like that's a shame because it could have given us a more emotionally complex story, um, almost in the sense of she could have been a tortured soul. She could have been, um, you know, she could have been almost like in a addictive state of dreamwalking. Maybe she only wanted to sleep because that was the only way she could see her kids. Like, there's a lot that you feel like they could do uh, before she goes straight to, you know, this path of wanting to to kill a young girl. Um, but I feel like they kind of skip a lot of that. Uh, and it's definitely unfortunate that we miss some of that characterization and that development from the last time that we see her. Yep. I think overall, uh, as we go through this, I'm going to lower my rating from a 6.5 to a 5. Uh, as we kind of stick, be, become sticklers on these points, which is okay, right? My initial reaction versus... Uh, I'm going to say it's okay because who's going to stop me? Um, and I'm just going to pretend like this movie was from a, another universe and not a part of the current <laughs> MCU. It's not canon. It's not canon. Wow. Well, okay, let's let's shift our, our focus then from Wanda to America, because I think this deserves some discussion. Um, I, I thought she was an interesting character, but specifically I want to know what you guys think about her debut in the MCU. And the reason why I ask is because we don't get an origin story, really. I mean, we get a little bit of background information, but she didn't have her own movie, right? Um, this kind of mirrors the approach that they used to introduce Peter Parker into the MCU. Um, a pre-established character that we didn't get a prior movie. Obviously, we all know the backstory. It's been done a hundred times. But what did you think about how they, how they accomplished it in this film compared to something like Civil War, Civil War, Silverware, Silverware, yep. <laughs> we have, we got Hawkeye, and then we got Silverware. Silverware, man. Um, I I think it was cheap. I think it was very rushed, and I think it's telling that her backstory comes literally from a convenience store that serves up your memories, and it's the only thing we really know about her is she had moms. She got scared, and then her mom's disappeared. Um, but now we don't know her motivations, right? So 
you know, if you're going to ask questions about what's the outcome that she wants from Multiverse of Madness? Does she want her powers? Does she think her powers are a curse? Um, you know, does she want to go home? Does she want to be a sorcerer? Because at the end of the movie, we see her training with the sorcerers at Camertage. Right. What does America want? And I don't think the movie ever addresses that. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But because of that, she's just kind of there, right? I think she just needs a motivator because uh, that's all it took for her to <laughs> kick Scarlet Witch's butt, right? You can do it. Oh, I, I guess so. <laughs> Let me just punch her across dimensions. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I think she and Wanda both just needed a life coach. And this movie could have been <laughs> a lot shorter. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm really disappointed, but I'm intrigued at the same time to see what they do with the character going forward. Um, I think it's really great when we get new faces, and I think that they picked a good actress, um, but maybe this film didn't allow her to. Um, you know, fully express her abilities or to even flesh out the character that much. So I'm interested to see what they do. Um, how about the Illuminati? <laughs> what a name. Um, the name. Jim was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it was it was brutal. Just, just the murder was totally brutal, um, which I think that's where Sam Raimi did get his way. And maybe he was then hobbled by, I assume, the rest of the production. That's all. I mean, it, it was cool. It was it was fun to see, uh, especially because if y'all have not watched Invincible, they have a very similar scene that's as brutal. Um, and I thought that Sam Raimi took a good page out of that. Um, yeah, so in, in my opinion, that whole Illuminati segment was my favorite part of the movie, which I don't know if that's sad or if that's a good thing. Um, I think that it was really cool to get those cameos. Um now, whether or not we're going to see them again in the MCU is up for discussion. Um, but I really liked that whole segment with Scarlet Witch coming in and it added some pace. It was lively. It was kind of scary. Um, it moved things along. I, I liked it. What did you think, Devin? I thought as a sequence, it worked well enough. I think that in the movie, it's an odd choice because it doesn't move the plot forward. Uh, it doesn't give us any character motivations for our characters. Um, the only thing that we really learned was that Earth 838 Strange uh, was corrupted by the Darkhold and they had to kill him. And so in a way that does that does give a little bit of weight towards our Strange to kind of consider his actions. Um, but as far as the fight and, and everything, I would be willing to bet that you could make a cut of the movie where you cut from Wanda arriving in the hallway and killing the Ultron bots to where she arrives in the sewer and starts ch chasing them, and, and nothing would change plot-wise, right? Yeah. Um, and that's not really normally a great way to do a film. Um, the only thing that really elevates it, again, is the filmmaking there and just the brutality of it. And, of course, seeing these actors and the faces that we know, you know is like really fun. But I feel like when you take a step back and think about it, it's just a little out of place, you know? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, and then just, just overall, I think just, sorry, I keep coming back to Wanda because like they just gave her so many chances um, through WandaVision, through chasing down America, to destroying Comertage. 
to making Black Bolt's brains explode. <laughs> oh. um, killing Charles Xavier. And that's when they finally were like, yeah, she's bad. We got to stop her. Um, but before that, it was just like, yeah, we can kind of keep going. Um, but two out of three Charles Xavier's deaths have been to redheads. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. I mean, to, to end the movie, they supposedly killed her off. Um, which I'm upset either way that this turns out. Number one, she's going to somehow come back in the future and she's not going to be dead. And I would be upset because it's just how, how the movie ended. But on the other hand, if she really is dead, then I'm upset too because it was a terrible, terrible way to end her story. A terrible way and to I don't end know her how story to for the yeah. second time. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions that Scarlet Witch raises in this movie and really that her actions raise. Um, could we just get Earth 838 Scarlet Witch as the new Scarlet Witch or the new Wanda? Can she just come across? And that's um, why I think America won't be a recurring character, actually. I think it opens up, it almost becomes too easy for MCU to go and just recruit characters and never lose. Um, so I don't think America is going to be a recurring character. I think at the end, they just show her as a part of Comertage. I think that's the extent of it. I think it's that, or they're going to introduce consequences to altering the multiverse similar to how strange couldn't use the time stone all the time because it would cause you know reality issues uh i, I hope they don't just get rid of her right i feel like brayden said the actress is really good mm -hmm. and i think she could become an interesting character i think they just need to find a way to limit her powers other than just making her stupid which segues into my next thing what did you guys actually think of dr strange in this movie mm -hmm. i feel like as time has gone on, ever since the Infinity Saga, Doctor Strange just gets weaker and dumber as we go <laughs> on. Uh, in Infinity War, we saw him go head-to-head -head with Thanos and essentially win. Uh, and in Spider-Man, we find out that he can't even stop Spider-Man. Uh, we find out that Ned can do practically everything that Doctor Strange can do. And in this movie, it feels like he's making so many mistakes that Wanda can trample him without even, I don't know, not much resistance. I think the only thing that we see him do is send her into that, that mirror reality where she's kind of stuck in the mirrors and has to figure out how to get out of there. But outside of that, I don't feel like we had Dr. Strange's mind bending reality shifting powers on display. He just kind of ran, you know? Yeah, I mean, the last person that I think about in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is the main character. Yeah. And that's really sad. Um, I liked him in No Way Home, but I get what you're saying. Like, there seems to be a disconnect as far as his ability and power and maybe even character. I mean, he was very serious in the first movie. It was never really a comedy. Um, I mean, there were funny aspects, but it was more of a, obviously more of a drama. And then the whole Infinity story, Infinity Stone or Saga... Um, kind of the same thing. Uh, he was kind of viewed as an anchor, uh, the person to go to to get some answers. Um, that seemed to change a lot in No Way Home. Like, he almost doesn't give, you know, a, a care in the world about what's going on. I mean, he does, but it's it's a very different feel. And I feel like we got another version of Strange in this film, and there doesn't seem to be 
much similarity between the occurrences of when he shows up. Yeah, I think just like looking at what they did with him across the multiverses, um, <clears throat> like they killed him off and they're like, yep, that's good enough reason to kill him off now. And from even though he's from another universe, they didn't really give growth, right? And I, I think we can come back to this. Like, fine, we took America growth. I think Wanda had good growth because we've known her for so long. Um, she didn't have a good, like, evil snap, but she had good growth. Uh, with Doctor Strange, like, there wasn't even a redemption arc. He was never even on the cusp of doing anything evil. And they're like, let's just kill this guy off. Um, so I, I just feel like who Doctor Strange was at basically halfway through the the first Doctor Strange film is who he was like the rest of this film. Nothing really changed. Uh, his powers kind of got put on the wayside. He wasn't really able to put up a stand against Scarlet Witch without the Darkhold. Um yeah, yeah, fully agree. Just no no growth whatsoever. Uh, no redemption arc, right? I, I think a, a better plot easily could have been that you see him get a taste of this power and you see him start to maybe lose control before he's thrown into seeing all the other Doctor Stranges and their effects and actually having justification for Illuminati wanting to wreck him. Um, I, they could have even gone kind of with like that Captain America... Um, uh, the Captain America sequences where they basically turns Doctor Strange against maybe Illuminati or other MCUs. Uh, I, I think that could have been a better plot if they wanted to go with this name of Multiverse of Madness. But they really stuck to the whole mom thing here, right? MOM as the acronym released on uh, <laughs> Mother's Day weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, the movie was about a mom trying to trying to get her children right. She's not a monster. She's a mother. So they just really went with the mom thing. And I think they really... Just could have done uh, like a Captain America Civil War with this, and it would be a lot more of a unique movie, giving us growth and really solidified Doctor Strange's capabilities and powers. So I want to I want to bring up something real quick, uh, and I think this is tangential to what you were talking about with the conflict he could have had with the Illuminati um, in the days and months leading up after Infinity War. There was a lot of talk about you know, Thanos did nothing wrong and all these kinds of things. And there's theories. And, and we even see, I think in the Hawkeye show, uh, there's posters saying that, you know, Thanos was right and, and, and some other stuff like that. What I never saw and never thought is that Doctor Strange did anything wrong. And yet this movie seems to insist that his decision to give the time stone to Thanos was wrong, right? Uh, he's confronted by someone at Christine's wedding who basically accuses him of making the wrong decision. Did you even think about anyone else? Uh, and, and it implies when he meets with the Illuminati and they talk about how Strange used the Darkhold in their universe and did whatever it took to destroy Thanos, that Strange's decision was selfish in Infinity War. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Um, do you feel like there really were other options that Strange saw and he chose the most logical? Did he lie about only one in 14 million working. Uh, what do you think the movie's trying to say about that? Hmm, that's interesting. Like, I, I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah, agreed. Um, Never thought Could of he it. have seen more than one way to win? I think so. Um, I think he could have lied, but it makes me wonder why, if he did lie, he chose that specific one. Was the other one, the other possibility, did it include more, more loss? Did it 
you know, result in, in something even worse happening? I don't know. Um, I, but I do think... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, and I I just don't think the films or the storytelling has lended to that by any means. I, I don't think there's been an inclination of going down Doctor Strange's like path of righteousness. Like I said, even in this film, the other MCUs decided to murder him without him actually even having the slightest wrongdoing. Um, so I, I really don't think that that's the case. I, I think he did choose the best path. I think he was very clear about that in at the end of Infinity War and uh, and Endgame. Sorry, um, like I think it was very clear that he only saw one path. Uh, the movies have never shown him going wrong. They showed alternate hims going wrong, but never him. So I, I just don't think that's a path that MC was even thinking about. Yeah. Do you think because his his character flaw, and I, I've heard some criticism for this because it's very close to to Tony Stark. But his character flaw that we've seen has been his arrogance, right? His, I know better than you. Uh, I, I get to make the decision. Uh, I'm the professional here. Um, do you think that's a flaw for his character when he has what seems so far, like he actually does have the knowledge to back it up and he has the power to back it up? Um, does that make him that potential villain, I guess, that the Illuminati sees in him because he's willing to do something that someone else won't um, because he knows the outcome, right? Because we, we, we've we established that Strange is a doctor. A big part of the first movie was him coming to terms with doing no harm, but needing to harm the few to save the many, right? That was kind of this tension in the first movie. So now that he's accepted that, um, you know, they, they kind of imply that it's wrong of him to make the choice, Um and in, in the end of this movie makes it seem like his decision is to to not do that. Um, is that an arc for Strange? Do you think that's a growth? Uh, what direction do you think he would have to go in if he were to, you know, kind of reclaim that that sorcerer supreme, that leader position that, you know, he, he's wanting? I, I'm going to stand by my original statement only because of the little teaser at the end of the film where he, where we're, Earth One or whatever planet that we watch the movies in, whatever whatever universe, uh, ended with basically the plot already being delivered, right? It's going to be some sort of internal struggle, but they already have the external impetus for why he's going to be bad, which is that third eye. Um, so it may be like, yes, it's just like, like a dark hole type of scenario where it's like, this was already in you and we just brought it out. But I think that would just be cheesing it and not really spending time on being creative. Um, okay, cool. Do we have any other thoughts, any other plot points we want to discuss before we start moving into kind of where this leads us in phase four moving forward? Just shout out to the filmography as a whole. Shout out to the acting. Uh, Wanda's acting, I think, was just fantastic. Uh, coming out of the uh, the water, like while we were watching The Ring, the chase scene where she's walking like a zombie. I think it was just phenomenal. Those scenes were top five, top 10, and maybe all of MCU so far. Uh, it just sucks that it was hobbled by whatever lack of character growth was. Like, was like the connection was missing, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll, I'll tack one more scene on there that made my list of top scenes in the MCU, and that was the music note battle. Yeah, I thought oh, yeah. that that was one of the most visually interesting and fresh ways to use these otherworldly powers 
and in the score when it was happening and the visuals and that you could follow the music, like the notes actually lined up with the music. I thought it was so brilliant and just riveting. Like I was, I was getting kind of tired of the movie at that point. Like I was a little bit bored and then I just sat up in my seat when that happened. I was just like, wow, this is, this is really creative. Yep. Yep. I agree. And it's too bad that there are these shining moments in a film that ultimately kind of fell short, but that kind of leads us to then talk about where is the MCU headed next? We're I think halfway through phase four. Um, where do we think it's going and what do we think it has to do in order for it to be a successful uh, adventure? I mean, we don't even really know who the big bad guy is yet. I think we've been teased. Um but what are y'all's thoughts on on the future of the MCU? Um, from a from a filmmaking standpoint, I think what we've seen so far in the Phase Four indicates that they have so many characters and directions that they want to go in that it might be time to phase out Doctor Strange movies or Spider Man movies or you know I think we're getting another Captain Marvel movie that these. These ideas of a single character movie is kind of ending. I think Civil War kind of was the first one, maybe maybe even Winter Soldier, where you had multiple characters that were taking up almost equal screen time. Um, and it just seems like there's too much to juggle now, right? This is a Doctor Strange movie. And like we said, Doctor Strange isn't really the first thing that you think of. Uh, he might not even be the second or third thing you think of in this movie. So I wonder if the direction of the phase four and maybe five and forward is really more of these crossover movies that move the universe forward, but maybe don't focus so much on these character stories because there's bigger things going on. Like maybe we've established these characters to a point where they can interact and coincide and we understand them enough to where we understand why they do what they do. Um, but we don't try to do this tightrope walk because it gets really awkward of like, is this a character movie or is this a universe movie? Is this a multiverse movie or is this a movie about a mom? It, it just gets messy, right? And I wonder if, I wonder if that kind of approach is going to die out coming soon in the, the MCU. Yeah, I, I largely agree. I also, I, I think two things are gone. I think a lot of these like individual character growth movies are gone, which is really unfortunate um, because I think you're just stuffing too much. Um, but I also think our large-scale universal films like Avengers and just that five-film series are so epic and so so insanely good. And I don't know, it just made me feel like I was probably living in like the epic, like like the best time of filmography for superhero films. I, I think that's gone. I don't think we're going to see an Avengers 5, like a 6, 7, 8, whatever they call it uh, ever again. I think they'll do the intersections, they'll do the crossovers um with but at this point i really do think it's gonna turn into more of a money grab with the reintroduction of something like x-men getting those rights back and these individual films um i think it's just that's just the way they're gonna go and i don't know if i blame disney for that or marvel marvel for that um, or maybe it's just like avengers was so good that there's really nowhere else to go with something of that caliber i, I guess like yeah like i can't really see that happening anymore either so that's my sentiment. It's going to be somewhere in the middle of what we had phase one through three and a half. And it's really going to be just more of four. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, with the introduction of the multiverse, you kind of expand the scope so much that 
um, things just start to become ridiculous and you can't really narrow down a threat because now you're talking about multiverses and these concepts that are just so ridiculous, it's hard to um, hard to relate to as a viewer. Now, I haven't read the comics. Um, I know a little bit about them as far as the multiverse uh, stuff goes, but it'll be interesting to see how they take it. Um, I agree. I think we're kind of moving away from those solo movies, but I'm almost, I don't know. I'm sad that we're now moving to this huge, huge scope because I don't feel like there's a way in a two hour movie, a two and a half hour movie to really solidify, you know, uh, a proper, a proper story from start to finish and have good arcs. It just seems too big. They're trying to do it over you know, multiple films, but if this was the start to it, then I'm worried to see where it's headed. Yeah, and I mean, it's a it's a hard line to walk because it can work, right? Uh, Into the Spider-Verse did a great job of having a multiverse movie that introduced new characters, but still had enough of them have arcs that it had a lot of emotional stake. And each of those characters were new characters. I don't know how many people walked into that movie familiar with Miles Morales, with uh, Spider-Gwen, certainly not like Nick Cage's Spider-Man or Spider-Ham or anything, but (laughs) but it was memorable and it it worked. But I feel like that's one in 10, 15, 20 movies can pull that off, uh, which is kind of a bummer for for Marvel moving forward because how do you you recreate that, right? How do you keep doing that in a way that's satisfying? And I just think that they, they can't and maybe they're just fighting the clock until... Uh, we kind of get tired of it, right? Like this kind of dies out and we move into another era of movies. Yep, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Let us know if you have any questions or comments down below and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Yep, and uh, just to to tease here, it's over. No, no, no. It's over? catch that? That was that's the last line from Doctor Strange. Oh, was it? I saw it like yeah, post <laughs> post credits. He yells, "It's over." So whatever. <laughs>